All right, another episode of Steak for Breakfast podcast. This episode is brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. Um, StayReadyGear.com for holsters, daily carry stuff. Uh, if you're into firearms, daily carry, tourniquet holders, anything you can think of that has to do with daily carry. Um, this website is a huge supporter of law enforcement, military, and for our listeners, if you type in the word steak at the end of the checkout, you get 5% off any purchase within their um, online store. So check them out, stayreadygear.com. And here we go. Smokey, this is not Nam, this is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. Four! Breakfast! So stand by! All right, Monday after the election. Um, with me today is, as always, Roan, and we have Noah today. <sighs> Crazy times. Ugh, awful. Awful. So without further ado, we're going to pass it to Roan and uh, let him get us started. Last week in America, we saw a display of freedom and liberty almost heard of in this day and age, especially for 2020. Millions and millions of people went out and expressed their constitutional right to select a leader and a president. And what did we learn from this? We learned in regards to the total electorate that even though for the last four years, regardless of what the media, the pollsters, and elected officials on the left side of the aisle have told you, people still came out in record numbers to cast their ballot for Donald Trump to retain the highest office in the land. Over the course of the evening and into the wee hours of the night, we all watched as the 2016 electoral map unfolded almost exactly as it did four years ago, until it didn't. We all watched as Donald Trump earned more votes from minorities, especially African-Americans, Latinos, LBGT, and almost every other sub-demographic in the states and cities that he all but failed to gain in 2016. But how could this be? How could Donald Trump do better with minority voters in historically Democratic strongholds when everyone from the mainstream media to the people in the Democratic Party have told you over the last four years that Donald Trump was not only a horrible human being, but was an undeniably racist person? How could all these pundits and news personalities get it so horribly wrong again after taking the data from four years ago to continue the same false narrative? The answer is they don't care. They don't care and they want nothing more to do than have back the power that Donald Trump took for them with an unprecedented victory four years ago. Those very same people have done nothing since that victory but work against the president who has almost single-handedly brought this country back on so many levels following the eight counterproductive years of the Obama administration. And the fact of the matter is that there is no accountability for holding these pundits, pollsters, and politicians responsible for lying, misleading, and suppressing the American public and prospective Republican voters. And as the leads Donald Trump ran out to on election night seemed to shrink over the course of the next few days, we are at a point today where the AP and mainstream media have decided to call the race in favor of the Democratic challenger before one state could certify their final election rallies. Donald Trump is a lot of things. He's rigid, he's unprofessional in regards to what we thought, the mold that a president must be, and he has bucked the trend that was Washington since maybe its inception as the home of our leader. But Donald Trump is also a businessman, a negotiator, a deal maker, and a real person. He's a non-empty suit. It drives the left insane when Donald Trump is told he cannot do something and then goes out and gets it done. They melt down when he fights for and on behalf of the American people and wins when they say it's impossible. He cannot be bought, he's untouchable by the lobbyist and the special interest groups and those who line the pockets of the politicians on both sides of the aisle who have salaries that range into the hundreds of thousands, but are in fact worth millions and millions. Donald Trump's identification with the blue collar men and women in the United States causes the left to melt down because they can't compare 
They can't comprehend how someone who's been a billionaire and a television star for so long can come to Washington, D.C. and become their hero when so many of them have been there for as many as 50 years and in some regards are cast as their villains instead. The answer is simple. It's promises made and promises kept. In 2016, Donald Trump campaigned on a robust platform that most of the pundits claimed were an attempt to cater to all men and women and not his base into the party which he was representing. Even allies on the right claimed he could never find a path to 270 when he wasn't rallying the base and the disenfranchised after eight years of Obama. And four years after that campaign rollout, you have one of the most accomplished lists of promises in the history of the Republic. From immigration reform to building the wall, from de deregulation to criminal reform, from bringing troops home to ending endless wars, from moving the US economy back from the brink and the embassy to Jerusalem, to broker peace deals between Israel and its Arab neighbors, from strengthening bonds between us, our European allies, and countries like India, and putting those from Russia, China, North Korea, and radical Islamic terrorists on notice, from ending ISIS and its caliphate in Iraq and Syria, to informing Iran via drone strikes that their meddling in the region will no longer be tolerated, from bringing jobs home from overseas to placing taxes and tariffs on those who don't, from ending deals and accords on a global scale to holding our Asian and European counterparts accountable to pay their fair share, from record jobs numbers for all minorities and women across the board to the greatest economy this country has ever seen, from creating the coronavirus task force and initiating Operation Warp Speed to being literally days away from a vaccine who those on the left told you would take years to produce. From bucking the trend to where we are today with a contested election, the list just goes on and on. And what did both sides of the aisle do while Donald Trump was out hitting these benchmarks and making his promises kept to the American people almost single-handedly? They fought him. They fought him every inch of the way, tooth and nail, and for the sole purpose of fear of losing their power to a Washington outsider. Because he wouldn't negotiate with them, but instead negotiated on behalf of the American people, Donald Trump went out and proved that his word is his bond. And what did we learn from watching the events of the last four years unfold before our eyes? We learned that Washington, D.C. was a much darker, disgusting, and dirty place than Donald Trump originally campaigned on it being. We learned that there just wasn't a few bad apples inside and at the top of the FBI, CIA, Department of Justice, but systematic bias and corruption present in regards to what and how certain items, instances, and people are investigated and prosecuted. We learned that there was never any Russian collusion, that the president was impeached in the House on false and non-evidence-based or partisan premises, and that the left would blame the president for a global pandemic that he had that he did everything he was constitutionally required to do in regards of mandates, advisories, travel, trade, equipment, and PPE. We were also led to believe that a doctor who hasn't treated a patient or worked in a virology lab for over 35 years was told to be speaking the medical gospel, while the actual numbers in regards to cases, hospitalizations, and deaths said something significantly otherwise. We saw how Donald Trump originally ran on the promise that he would nominate only conservative, constitutional Supreme Court judges, and in turn, sent for appointment three who were just that. In addition to the Supreme Court, Donald Trump would nominate and see appointed over 300 federal judges who will uphold the Constitution and protect the values and policies of the American and American families hold dear. He's protected our kids in the classroom by signing executive orders that mandate teachers, unions, and teachers are responsible for teaching America first and that this country was founded in 1776 by heroes and patriots because of freedom and not that's not at some other time or date because of racism. 
Donald Trump has refunded the military and he's supported law enforcement as the radical left and their supporters tried to destroy law enforcement and burn portions of cities down in that name and in its wake. But more people as of right now, almost 9 million more people in fact, came out and voted for Donald Trump last week. Anyone who thinks that display of support, support doesn't hold any value or weight needs to sit back and simply reflect. Regardless of what happens over the next short period of time, I feel that Donald Trump will eventually win re-election and serve the American people in the ways he has and hopefully better and stronger for the next four years. I trust the process. I trust our electorate. And I'm hopeful that in the end, democracy will prevail. We were told a blue wave was coming when in reality the Democrats lost seats in the House and the Republicans will in fact retain the Senate. We're at a pivotal tipping point in America in so many ways right now. And it's my hope that we have a, the best leader at the helm working for me, for my family, and working for all the American people moving forward. If there's one thing I can predict in such a year of unpredictable uncertainty, it's that it really does look like the season finale of 2020 is going to be one hell of a ride. Well said. It's, um, it's crazy. There's so much packed into, into your opening statement. That's so true, and I don't even know where to, to segue off of that because it's, it's I could handle <clears throat> Biden winning fair and square. I was talking to my wife about this last night. Um, I could pony up. I could deal with it. I'm not going to sit around and cry for four years. We still have jobs to do. We still have food to provide. Or protest. Or loot um, during Christmas season. But the hard part is being disrespected in such a vast capacity as far as the Democrats trying to steal this. And it's almost disrespectful that they're doing it right in front of us. And a lot of people don't care. And then, you know, like Fox News, we kind of saw the true colors with them throughout this last week, um, which that was kind of heartbreaking because that's really the only news on TV that I watch. Um, and you just see a lot of the politicians who you thought were on Trump's side kind of go, there's no evidence for voter fraud. There's no evidence for election fraud. And it's almost like they just want him out back to status quo as far as having someone in the White House. Uh -huh. And then you see the true color of a lot of the celebrities who are calling for the blood of people that voted for Trump. And the reality is, like you said, the Democrats thought this was going to be a clean sweep. Uh -huh. And I think now, even if Biden gets in and the fraud's not looked at to the fullest extent, the Democrats are in trouble because half this country doesn't like them. Half this country voted to not have a Democratic president. So it's not as close as they think. And, um, you know, four years with Biden, if that does happen, it's not going to be easy for them to put in policy and to change this country as much as they want. There's going to be a lot of fighting. So worst case scenario, we still have, there's still a lot of fight in the right. And, um, but it's just disheartening, you know, to see the fraud and the blatant lies that are just being and people will believe it, you know. Well, it's just, it's sad because if the, if the shoe is on the other foot and if there was even a remote hint of fraud and Trump was projected oh, yeah. winner, it would be It'd be 24 hours, seven It'd breaking news. right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you said in your statement, in your opener, we all left here, the live show, thinking... All right, you know, it's, the next couple of days might be um, 
terrible. Telltale, but it looks like Trump's going to pull out of this ahead. And then you wake up. 108,000 votes found in a bin, all for Joe. And you're like, hmm? And the crazy thing with the fraud is none of the fraud's taking place in states that are purely blue. It's all swing states. It's or all states. Red. Yeah, it's all states that were knowing going into this election that it was going to be a, a, fight, a battleground. And none of the, none of the accidental uh, mystery bins of votes came in Trump's favor. Well, let's, let's just take a step back from that and talk about, you say going in and what a battleground is. What, what really determines the, the, the you know, phrase battleground when all of the pollsters had it wrong horribly again? Yeah. And, and, and the mainstream media, you know, MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, and all of their friends, and even Fox News, were claiming that going into the election that Donald Trump was anywhere between 5.7 and 11 points behind nationally to Joe Biden. And I have some numbers from some swing states here that, you know, just just kind of validate some of the no accountability and, and voter suppression that the mainstream media is allowed to use mm-hmm. because they're protected um, and don't care if they're wrong. So, like I said, the national average, depending on what radio station podcast or talk show you were listening to, had Trump down nationally anywhere between 57 and 11% going into the general election. And I think the tally where we're at right now is, is 2% and change plus Biden. Um, Florida, Biden plus 2.5%. Final, Trump plus 3%. North Carolina, Biden plus 1.8%. Final, Trump plus 1%. Georgia, Biden plus 1.2%. Current status, too close to call, still in counting, going for a mandatory recount. And then when you look in the swing states up in the Rust Belt, Ohio, which a lot of people were just saying that Donald Trump was going to have to win other states because he wasn't winning Ohio. Most of the poll averages had Joe Biden going in with a 1.2% lead. He smoked in Ohio, too. Day of election, final, Trump plus eight. And then he he killed it in Ohio. Wisconsin, this is where voter suppression comes in. Biden, day of the election, plus 8.4%, actual 0.06% Biden. Michigan, Biden, plus 7.9%, actual, we're sitting at 1.1% Biden right now. So, so you know, the, the nationwide error was between 3 and 4%, and the state-by-state state was anywhere between 5 and 7, averaging out the uh, swing states and battlegrounds. And there's just no accountability. It's like I, I predicted on this show two weeks ago, you know, regardless of what the actual numbers are going to be, the, the mainstream media is going to tell you Donald Trump is losing in every way, shape, or form. Blue wave is coming. It's inevitable. Yeah. The election happens, and now we're a little less than a week out. Nobody fucking cares or remembers. And it's just the way that it's been, you know, since he came down the escalator in, in, in 2015, and it's going to continue to be the way it's, it's going to be. I think moving forward for all Republicans, I mean, there's just a lot of support. There's, there's one way to legally and, and non-accountably be able to discourage someone from going out. And it's not having people standing at the polling places with their, you know, homemade ARs. It's telling you on TV that it's not worth it. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And, and there's just no accountability for it. So, I mean, people on the right, senators, congressmen, some podcast call out 
CNN and MSNBC, even Fox News, you think they give a shit? They absolutely do not. It, it's pretty sad uh, moving forward, you know, how much these poll numbers uh, didn't reflect the actual outcome or even the turnout. So, so where are we at now? Here we are, uh, one day shy of a week from the election. You have Biden's team coming out, basically claiming late victory. Everyone's declaring that he won by electoral votes. Where are we at with recounts, with the um, Supreme Court lawsuits? Where um, Basically, what does Trump's team do from here? And how does he wind up back in the Oval Office for four more years? All right. Here's where we're at. What was very strange to me, and, and what I'm hearing a lot in the podcast community is, is that the way the presidential election was called. When my dad was alive, it, it was always funny because he and I, we like to watch the news. We like to listen to the news on the radio. And, and we were just, you know, big political news buffs. But on the weekend, they always have like the talk shows and the documentaries and, and some cable news channels even like play, you know, historically themed movies. And my dad made a joke to me when he was alive one time. And he's like, don't you know, everybody takes off on the weekend. It's like, Unless there's like a major world-changing event going on, it's pretty honest to say all the world stock markets are shut down. Yeah. Most of the government agencies are shut down. But just no news is really produced on the weekend. Um, I was at home on Saturday morning, and I started to get notifications on my phone, and I turned on my television. <clears throat> and at about 11 o'clock Pacific time, uh, the Associated Press and the, the big three of the mainstream media went out and declared Joe Biden is the winner based off of electoral votes um, for the presidency. He was going to be president-elect. Uh, not one state at that point had been or still is uh, certified in regards to their final ballot counts. And there are still some states uh, that were awarded to Biden um, that are still counting their first slew of votes and yeah, still haven't determined, determined an outright winner. So I guess they figured because of the electoral uh, vote tally that it was going to be insurmountable for Donald sure. Trump to make up. And that final count, I believe, was 290 to 214. As of now, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what they're saying. Okay. But I'm, I'm looking at the live results. Georgia's still not called. No. And it's, getting, it's close. Um, North Carolina's not officially called. Wait, 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 wait. They haven't called stuff, but Biden's the president. He's the president. Oh, my gosh. Um, and you look at Arizona still, if I don't even know, this is from Associated Press. So take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Well, now we have to take everything with a grain of salt because it turns out Fox News is, um, part of the communist party. Right. Um, but Arizona 98% reporting and it's close. Yeah. And they have a lot of, uh, even though it's still 98%, they're saying that there could still be up to sure 85,000 votes. A lot of military and provisional ballots that are gonna that are gonna trend Trump, but I guess the mainstream media figured Arizona was an early call. Eleven electoral votes at this point don't swing Donald yeah. Trump into it, and it also doesn't take Biden out of it. Right. So, I so mean, we would need that plus, you know. I, I have a potential path to victory that I've been checking out. Okay. So this is this is where we're at right now. Georgia's at ten thousand vote difference. Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania nine thousand. Wisconsin, 25,000. Arizona, I think it's getting closer and closer to 10. And Nevada, 14,000. So you're talking about just between those states, there's a 74,000 
vote discrepancy between Donald Trump winning and losing those states. In 2018, he carried four states by less than 80,000 votes to win the presidency. So you're talking about it's right there. Um, you know, Trump did not concede, and he said he's not going to. Uh, he's put together a legal team. And what I think is the most likely uh, the path to victory here um, would be winning Arizona outright, mm -hmm. even though Maricopa County is going into a manual recount because there's just a lot of discrepancy there. It's usually a very red county, and it's trended blue. Donald Trump still might win it, but they, they just don't like the numbers. So you say you take Arizona, and that brings it to 225. Georgia's going into a mandatory recount. That's 16. Mm -hmm. That takes you to 240. North Carolina. 15. Gives you 15. You're at 256. Alaska, 3. And then that brings you to 259. Mm -hmm. And what about Nevada? Nevada's still not done. It's not, but, but I, it's pretty... I, I think right now, just based off what I'm watching and listening to the legal team, Donald Trump is making Pennsylvania his last stand. Okay, that's it, his last... It's under 10,000 votes. They are notorious for voter fraud. Yeah. They just, they just had a state uh, official admit in court that they dumped like 10,000 fraudulent ballots in the midterm elections Gosh. last time. And, uh, you know, and there's, there's no a reason lot of cases like that, too. Yeah, yeah and, it's and, not and Pennsylvania's, an isolated incident with those guys. And what makes me think... And we talked about it before we went live. Uh, Justice Alito, who's from the area, you know, he's a tri-state area guy, he put a stay on all ballot counting in Pennsylvania because from the start of the election, it started out with Republican uh, vote counting monitors not being allowed. They were supposed to be within, I guess, six feet just to make sure that people were opening up ballots, they're comparing signatures. They weren't throwing them on the floor. Or if they were throwing, throwing them in. on the floor, they were the ones that needed to be discarded. They weren't allowed anywhere closer than 100 feet if they were allowed in the building from the start Jeez. of election night through the weekend. And there's videos you see of people in there with binoculars. Yep. Well, and they were actually putting up uh, cardboard and pizza boxes blocking the windows. Viewing yeah. Areas. Yeah. So he put, an, he put an injunction on that vote count, and it looks like parts of Pennsylvania might be going back for a mandatory recount. And when you're talking about less than 10,000 votes in a city like uh, Philadelphia and in a state as big as Pennsylvania... That's huge. Yeah, there's there's no way to be able to tell who's going to win that state. So, I, I mean, I think I see a lot of the legal resources going there. Um, I also see some, some big guns heading down towards uh, Georgia, mm -hmm. where the governor there, I believe his name is uh, Kent or Kemp. Let me find out what his name is. I had it up. He, he has just been absent. Um, yeah, Go Governor Kemp. He's not saying anything during this whole thing. No, and the fact of the matter is, he would not exist if it wasn't for Donald Trump. I don't care if he agrees or disagrees with any of his policies or how presidential he is. Donald Trump went out and, and stumped for him. He's, he's brought him up yeah. on stage during several campaign rallies. And, you know, according to a lot of people um, that are reporting from the right, he's just ghosting everybody. He's, he's letting the process try to, you know, play itself out. And, uh, you know, just, you know, being one of those guys who are like, you know, work himself out at the He's end of the day. Probably playing his cards, playing both sides. However. He doesn't want to get the Hillary Clinton suicide treatment. <laughs> uh, GOP senators, Loeffler and Purdue, who are both facing runoffs in January, put out a statement this afternoon um, from Atlanta saying, Today, Senators Purdue and Loeffler will be issuing the following statement regarding the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, to resign. 
Okay. Wow. The management of Georgia elections has become an embarrassment for our state. Okay. Georgians are outraged, and rightly so. We have been clear from the beginning that every legal vote cast should be counted, and any illegal vote must not be. There must be transparency and uniformity in the counting process. This isn't hard. It's not partisan. This is American. We believe that there are failures. They need to be called out. And when it's in your own party, there have been too many failures in the Georgia election this year and most recent elections that shine national light on the problems. We blamed with certainty lies elsewhere as well that buck ultimately that the buck ultimately stops with the Secretary of State. The mismanagement and lack of tra transparency from the Secretary of State is unacceptable. Honest elections are paramount to the foundation of our democracy. The Secretary of State has failed to deliver honest and transparent elections, and he has failed the people of Georgia and should step down and resign immediately. you got to remember, Senator Perdue is uh, looking at a runoff, and, you know, the, the mainstream media does such a great job of, of sh like, shoving shit down your throat. Now, you have to understand, when... Elections are going for a runoff. It's because there's so many candidates that one of them has to get to 50%. But what happens is when they show the election results, they'll show two people, the highest Democrat and the highest Republican, and the percentages that they make, neither of which are 50%, which sure. means other votes went to other people. But in turn, what it does is make both candidates look less desirable because they're not only getting to 50%, it's not a number that when you combine both of their tallies equal 100 so it's like, it's like, not a psyop, but it's just like, you know, very misleading information. What they should do is show all five candidates and see where the votes went. How do you know there's not four Republicans and one Democrat running? Yeah. So that Purdue and three other Republicans shared 90% of the vote. And even though the one Democrat got 23% of the vote, it was out of one Democrat. He got 100% of the less vote. Exactly. So which, is which is what, yeah. So it makes it look misleading. And then it brings people who are completely irrelevant, like Stacey Abrams, that fucking piece of shit who still calls herself the governor of Georgia, <laughs> back into the picture. Like, I mean, I don't understand it. She's on TV this weekend saying she's guaranteeing two more Democratic um, seats in January when one, you don't know after a recount in Georgia if Purdue is going to get above the 50% threshold, making there only be one congressional seat available. Or two, you know, if uh, she couldn't deliver the governorship for herself, what is she going to do that's so amazing to get either one of the Democrats who both garnered considerably less amount of votes than the yeah. Republican, who may have finished anywhere between, you know, one in third or one in five over the finish line? That's just her trying to be a talking, talking point and, and means absolutely nothing. So, you know, that's where we're at in the state of Georgia. Georgia's, Georgia's basically throwing a coup. Arizona's kind of throwing a coup. Uh, Trump's assembled quite a legal team. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's hundreds if not thousands of lawyers that are working, but the big names that are there right now and that are dispersed to all these, you know, uh, flashpoints for the Trump campaign right now, which is Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, and Georgia, Chris Sapien, who's, who's the overall campaign manager and a lawyer, he's out there. Jay Sekulow is Donald Trump's personal lawyer. Pam Bondi, the former Florida attorney general. Uh, mayor Rudy Giuliani, former New York City mayor and Donald Trump's personal lawyer. Sidney Powell, who takes shit from nobody. <laughs> she's as tough as they come. She's, she's the lawyer who's you know in the process of getting Michael Flynn off the hook right now for nothing. Uh, John Sweeney, former GOP representative. Uh, Corey Lewandowski, who's a you know been a big pivotal part of the Trump campaign and one of Donald Trump's personal lawyer, and Lynn Wood, he's the former uh, Richard Jewell, 
mm. uh, from the Atlanta yeah. Olympic bombings. Most recently, he got the MAGA kid off. He got the MAGA oh. kid paid. Oh, yeah. And he was, <clears throat> he was the one that was going to so. represent um, Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm -hmm. He is, but he's put that on hold right now. He's got to, more important stuff. To try and secure the uh, Republic. Yeah, that kind of fell out of the news a little bit, didn't it? <clears throat> yeah. Everything fell out of the news. Yeah. So, you know, the, the left are taking a victory lap right now. We have... Uh, Trump-like rallies, which have been hated on for the last four years, they're especially so violent. Since well, oh, wait, since, no, since the inception of coronavirus, all they've done <laughs> is say how Trump rallies are anti-science, yeah. super spreader events, and we have ones just like that. No masks, everybody partying, which I can, honestly I don't care about, well, but it's just the hypocrisy that you see. Two things that have been circulating in the news since this Biden um, victory lap, like you were saying. One, coronavirus is probably going to go away. And you've already seen mainstream media on the left saying that indoor concerts aren't as massive spreading events as we thought. Well, we talked about on the night of election, the, the surgeon, not the surgeon general, the New York uh, office of the CDC said it was okay, even if you were positive for coronavirus, to put your coronavirus aside for the day so mm -hmm. that you can go out and in-person vote. Which everyone should have done and we wouldn't be in this mess. Exactly. Yep. Um, the other thing that's been circulating in the news is um, the left calling for unity all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And it's like you guys spent four years causing destruction and hysteria and spreading fake news and destroying businesses, and no one condemned the riots, and all of a sudden we need to come together as a country, we need to work together. The next four years is important. It's like, you know what, screw that. Yeah. You can't go from saying Donald Trump will never be president to Donald Trump is not my president to Donald Trump is not a real president to ripping up the State of the Union address and calling us every name under the sun, including deplorables and Nazis, and just think because Donald Trump didn't win re-election yet or concede the election yeah. eventually, that we're just all going to come together and join in hands to bring America back to wherever you want it to be, which is big government, high taxes, Free, free health care. Free college. Yeah, and, and F the working man. That's just not going to happen. Well, it so. says a lot about the two demographics we're dealing with. We're dealing with, you know, basically the left and the right. And, like, let's say the shoe is on the other foot, like I was saying earlier. If, if this exact scenario was completely flip-flopped and there was this much of a deception apparent... Every major city in the United States would be burning right I'll now. I'll be on fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, right. but... Here, there's all these people that have been, you know, somewhat respectable throughout the whole thing. Just, yeah, maybe they're complaining. They're disappointed. They want to get figure out what's going on. And, yeah. they, and we, the system owes it to the American people to not let this go by the wayside and not take it seriously. Because for three and a half years, we heard about the Russia hoax and how they meddled with our election. Now we have domestic people, mm -hmm. people in our country fixing the election and it doesn't get any airtime. Uh -huh. Yeah. And it's like, there's literally, literally evidence. There's videos. There, there was a video I shared on Facebook and it got flagged for spreading fake news. It got taken down. And it's literally a video of this guy as a ballot counter and he picks up this ballot out of the stack. He literally looks around, he looks up and he almost looks right at whatever camera or phone someone was filming him. Project, Project Veritas guy. And then he starts filling in stuff. And, and I've seen he's that. looking the whole time around. I've seen that one. I've seen a table where they've got like the guy. There's four people at a table, but there's a guy and a girl right across from each other. And they're just tearing through ballots, like filling in every single yep. one. Um, I saw one last week. I talked to you guys about it on election night. There was like a guy 
He's at a table. He's got a bin. And he's just sitting there, and he's picking up a ballot. He's looking at it. He's slamming it down. He picks up the next one. He looks at it. Slams it down. He picks up another ballot. And then he ballot. gets up, and he, he gets he all mad. He actually flips off the Yeah, he flips yeah. off the ballot, and then he crumples it up and just throws it down the table. Like, did he go back and open up that ballot and count it? Probably not going to fit in the machine. No. Um, and you know, that's he, not how you discard yeah. a, a spoiled ballot. I, I saw another one where there was a guy who's sitting at a table, and he kind of, like, looks around, and then he takes, like, a bag off of his lap, and he unfurls it and just puts it down. What's the bag for? You know, and right now we could probably talk about a dozen instances of those videos, which is fine. You're talking almost 150 million people voted in this election, and I just gave you three, Nick gave you one, Noah gave you one. So that's six instances of possible voter inconsistencies, right? So that's where the mainstream media is getting this narrative going around that's saying voter fraud is either so small it doesn't affect the election, or there's no definitive widespread voter which you know any and all should be investigated and, and it's sad that we really come down to it it makes it seem like the people that have supported the president for the last four years are getting desperate but it's just not the fact of the matter and there's evidence to support that um i was reading today on, on, the, on the gateway pundit it, it came out at about eight o'clock this morning there's about 132,000 chains of address flags in fulton county georgia yeah these ballots when it goes to the state supreme court or if not the Supreme Court, they're gone. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that in Nevada, too. You're, you're talking about Georgia right now is at 10,000 vote difference between who wins the state, and you're going to throw out 132,000 of them. Because they didn't, they're not living, they're not residents of that county or county state. state. My guess is, is that every time a huge dump of votes came in on election night, they were Joe Biden. These ones will probably be for Joe Biden, too. I, I mean, you could only yeah. hope. And then, you know, it's the same thing in Nevada. They said there's anywhere between 25 and 50,000 people who no longer live in the state or only seasonally live there. They have permanent residence in another state, and they either voted in both or just mailed in their Nevada one. Could you imagine if California was a swing state for a second? I know it's never going to be, maybe, hopefully one day, but imagine... There was a lot of California that was fairly red, I think. Districts. It always is. Yeah. There's just like usually three. It's L.A. and San Francisco. And Sacramento. Yeah. Those are like the rest of the, the state is blocks. actually surprised. Like San Diego is a pretty red city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But think about this. Think about if, let's say California was the Pennsylvania this time, where it came down to the wire, and it's in a big sense going to decide the election. Well, there's even there's even been accounts of potential fraud in California. Like well, the Minnesota. biggest one is people that live in Mexico. Oh, well, yeah. That's, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you... Walk down to Las Americas on election day. There's people sprinting across the border to come vote. Yeah, I saw a it's guy voter with, fraud. Uh, it's illegal. I was standing up. I was standing out somewhere, and the dude was driving by me, and uh, he just happened to stop next to me because I was, you know, in the in the area where he was driving, and uh, I was like, "What does that What does that say? My uh, my Spanish isn't that good." And it was basically, you know, that we stand with Biden, and it was all in Spanish. And I'm like, "Oh, well, cool, good for you." Yeah. Welcome to America. Yeah. So those people that do that commit voter fraud and tax evasion yep. in most cases because they don't pay income or residential tax, but their kids will go to public school their whole life. All right. Let's talk. I, dig- I digress. What do you yeah. guys think about the Dominion software program? The, 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 here's the thing. I, I kind of – so there was a watermark thing going around before the election. We talked about it a little bit on election. I like wish that, that was is that, That's not true. Here's the thing. Sebastian Gorka is – currently working for the administration he's like the director of educational information he's got his own podcast millions of followers he tweeted the other day 
as great as it sounds, DHS did not run any ops where they watermarked ballots. And, and he's oh, like, man. just so everybody knows, every state prints their own version of the presidential ballot. Because they eventually get all collected and go to the state for storage. Well, there was a watermark program, but they would have had, each state would have had to participate. Uh, sign up for it and if you if you think in any of these battleground states or swing states that people at the top would volunteer for that well it's not even if it was mandated you don't think they would leak it like hey this is one way we can't go because we're not going to know yeah it'd be very difficult to keep something like that under wraps but but there is one way you could skirt something like that and it's with a fuck up computer program so I, i did some research on the dominion voting system right and uh this is a system some of our favorites are involved in this. Um, the company has donated tens of thousand dollars to the DNC. It has ties to the Clinton Foundation, to Bill Clinton, uh, <coughs> Nancy Pelosi, and Dan, Dan Diane Feinstein's husband are both in share owners. Hmm. And Nancy Pelosi's chief of staff is one of the top admins at the company. This is a computer-generated voting system. Uh, that tallies votes and ballots, and we had some issues with it during the election. Um, there was one in Michigan, a GOP chair, uh, when there was 6,000 vote discrepancy, uh, changed the votes that were inputted into the computer from Trump to Biden. Uh, it was caught, and it was remedied. And there was also a GOP House member who actually conceded on election night because he said he had lost by like 127 votes in a ridiculously red district, but conceded because... He thought he lost. Yeah, the county said our vote total is in. We're at 100%. Actually turned out he won his district by over 1,200 votes. And the only thing that was consistent with these inconsistencies were... Trump votes and votes for Republicans would go into these computer programs and they would be tallied as Bidens. So Convenient. Yeah, we know who is around this stuff. We know um, who also is running it. Uh, This company has also refused since 2016 to allow outside agencies to test their softwares in voter simulations. The state of Texas has refused since 2018 three different occasions to refuse to use the software in their state, including for the presidential elections. Um, and so far in Michigan, two counties have flipped and one House seat has flipped and a Georgia House seat has flipped. I gave you the stats before, the Georgia House seat. 2,500 votes for Republicans were miscounted and tallied as Biden, which are given back to Trump and the Republican ticket and eventually, uh, whatchamacallit, gave the seat back to the uh, Republican. So that, that's a that's a huge thing too because on the level of just things making sense, these places where we're flipping House and Senate seats to to Republican, uh-huh. it doesn't make any sense that somebody's going to be voting Republican, Republican, Republican. Oh, I'm just going to vote for Joe Biden. Like, yeah, I don't think that's that's a, thing a huge that red flag. Maybe on a small scale, like, but not across somebody the whole hates country. Orange Man so bad that yeah. that they're going to do that, but um, it doesn't make sense. It makes zero sense. Sidney Powell said it last night. There's hundreds of thousands of ballots. There's hundreds of thousands of ballots in Pennsylvania that are just for Joe Biden. And nothing, nothing else. else. Yeah. Oh, that's the only thing filled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it. There's it. It makes no sense. There's no are they, way. Are they signed? Oh, 
Somebody signed well, them. No one was allowed to look in Pennsylvania. <laughs> We're going to find out. So, okay, so do, all these all these ballots that are potentially or yes, they are going to be recounted. Like, who's in charge of sitting on these things? Oh, if, if that's they, the other issue. If they go to a recount, uh, a recount, the state supreme courts will provide oversight unless they're not allowing. Let's just say they're getting into the same instances in Pennsylvania where they say we're going to do a manual recount in certain counties and Republicans and Democrats both get to watch. Republicans get there and not allowed in the building. They'll appeal it to the Supreme Court. And then, I mean, Justice Alito is already involved in Pennsylvania, so I don't think they're going to have any issues recounting there. Georgia is a pretty red state, even though the governor's being a piece of shit right now. I don't think we're going to have any problem with Republican oversight there. But, I mean, when you get out to, like, Nevada or Arizona where they're, you know, they're turning swingy and are becoming battleground states... Who knows what we're going to see? Yeah, but my point is, who is sitting on these ballots waiting for them to be recounted? Like, exactly. Why is, is Arizona still counting? Is there, is, there, is there a storage place where there's video surveillance and, you know, or is it just like there, in the back room of some closet in a yeah. convention center? I, I thought it was pretty funny. And, and I, I'm pretty sure that the mainstream media caught wind of where and how... Rudy was going to give his first press conference into uh, announcing on Saturday morning. Rudy was supposed to, he was set to talk at 11.35 a.m. on Saturday morning. They set up and did their press conference from a parking lot of a landscaping company, like a big one, like a commercial landscaping company who donates to no one but the DNC. (laughs) And that place sits right across the street from a large crematorium. Landscaping. Exactly. So could the ballots have been <laughs> smuggled out by landscaping vehicles and then and brought burned. to the crematorium? You got you to remember something. I don't believe in all conspiracies, but there are no coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So symbolism is huge, um, regardless of what you think. And believe me, they, ha- they could have done their press conference downtown at one of the Trump hotels or someplace lavish, and they decided to do it in a landscaping parking lot across from the crematorium. So take it for what it is. Awesome. Yeah. What, what doesn't make sense is how is there not a national mandated set way to count, collect. Like the fact that we leave the states up to how they want to handle their election is ridiculous. Yeah, but here's the thing. We can't have it both ways. We've been bitching on the show for the last couple of months about the coronavirus and how every governor sure. has been allowed to talk shit about Donald Trump because he says... It's up to the governors yeah. to talk, figure out how they want to handle coronavirus. Because it's literally in the Constitution. So sure. you can't fault Donald Trump for that. They tried and failed repeatedly to get national IDs. I don't understand why. They it's say so it's voter suppression. They say it uh, promotes racism and you know um, discourages the law sub-demographics to, to go out and vote. But every third world country in the world, Iraq has fucking photo voter IDs. T- and, Mexico, TJ yeah. does it. And you can smoke crack on yeah. the street in TJ but, but if I mean, you want. Mexico's but you have to have an ID to go vote. <clears throat> Mexico has been a pretty established country for a long time. I mean, Iraq's been there since the Bible days, but this Iraq with the democratic voter system's only been there since, what, the mid-early 2000s? And those people don't even have addresses or, like... No. They live in, like, huts in the middle of the desert, and they can get a voter ID, but these people... A photo voter ID that has their fucking signature on it and their fingerprint. Is it laminated, or is it, like, an actual card? Yeah. I don't know if they've developed lamination technology. I've seen some, I've seen some pretty janky ideas. <laughs> well, I mean, they have a parliament-style government there, even though they do have, like, a president and stuff. So it's kind of like yeah. you're voting for representatives more than you're voting for the top person because yeah. the representatives, at the end of the day, have control. It's um, just silly that we're here we are in 2020. It's the biggest election of our lifetime. Well, yeah, and, the, the issue, and Trump called this. He said if, if we let... Mail-in voting happened in a they're massive amount. They're going to try and steal the election. Yeah. Now they're stealing the election. Everyone's well, like, there's no voter fraud. And I heard I heard people on the other side saying that 
literally that Trump was trying to steal the election with with voter fraud. And I'm like, uh, no, Rick is being investigated for voter fraud. He's like, oh, so he's he's trying to make the people who are scared to go out. One thing we forget is this guy does not have to take this job. Oh, yeah. He didn't have to take it the first time. You know that he could have money. He could have not worked a day billions, in his life. Not billions. Yeah. For the rest yeah, of millions, his life. If not billions. He could have went and bought an island somewhere mm-hmm. and go He owns islands. I'm I'm gonna I he want could an island. go buy another island. Not like know. a creepy Epstein right. island, but that's like a <laughs> conspiracy theory <laughs> show. But Lots you know what I mean? Guns. He could have disappeared into the into the background of this world mm-hmm. and no one could have ever heard from him again and he would have had enough money. To just disappear. He could and have not started a reality TV show. You know this what? guy went for the worst job in the world as far as stress and critique and criticism. And he wants to do it again. He's fighting to stay in and people he's still in the election. It's like you think that he doesn't want all this chaos. He wants to run the country the way he did it the first time, which we had record number um stock market performance. I mean look at the housing market here in San Diego, the twelve year high in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's not because of free health care and college and stuff. Nope. It's not because of open borders. It just blows me away that people talk so much smack. And I'm like, you realize it's like one of the richest guys in the world. Yeah. And he took a huge, huge paycheck to do this. It's like, he, he doesn't need this. Pay he's, cut. he's fighting to, to serve with his heart. He's not fighting to get a book deal after this. Or, you know, a lot of, the, I don't know what motivates some presidents to run, but you have to think that he probably has the most pure heart in this. He doesn't need this. Yeah. There's no alternative motive for him. Well, the issue, the main issue just over the entire, just the most substantive, you know, thing to argue about this whole thing is, like, this is very important. Like, whether or not your side's winning or your side's losing, like, we have to be able to trust our processes. Yeah. Because... We're owed that as So, American okay, everybody, everybody on the left is happy because, you know, it's it's... President-elect Biden, quote unquote. Uh, but what if it was flipped? Or what if next time? What if next time it's it's somebody that they actually care about? You know, they then all of a sudden they're going to be on Facebook over by yeah. some nonsense like this. It's like exactly. we have to we have to secure the democratic process. Otherwise, we've lost everything. As a otherwise, country. it's going to be and it's just a farce. Yeah, it's going to be in how it was in Iran. You know, all these countries you see dictatorship, but a lot of it starts with. Elections are being rigged. Oh yeah, democracy well, falling what's, apart. What's the uh, what is the Stalin the Stalin quote about? It's not who who votes, it's who counts the votes, or exactly. something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the Saddam Hussein was also in on that a quote very similar to that yeah. one too. So um, <laughs> that's super good. Just a few other things coming out of <clears throat> where we're at right now with the election, and then you know the avenues uh, the Trump administration has to take. Uh, there are some people who are holding the line. Uh, I have seen some of the people on the right, you know, Ted Cruz has been out in front, yeah. uh, Lindsey Graham kind of, Mitch McConnell kind of, I mean... Well, Lindsey Graham came out and said something <clears> the <throat> other day that kind of shocked me. I forget what it was. But he basically... Let me see if I can find a way to keep going. I don't want to butcher it. I, yeah. I remember. I knew I remember what you were talking about, but now I can't remember what it was exactly, yeah. I mean, Mitch McConnell was just out there today pretty much. He kind of laid out what we kind of laid out, you know, since we started doing this show. Donald Trump has had to literally take everyone's shit and walk through it himself to get to this point he deserves fair and equitable treatment he deserves the legal process to be carried out to the fullest extent we have to remember i mean nick you're a little bit young Noah, you're a little bit younger than me ish a couple years yeah in 2000 al gore was president-elect gore for 37 days Mm -hmm. okay they call it and remember this we're only talking in 
we've gone over these numbers right now over the last hour and pointed out how there's like flashpoints for voter fraud, for mandatory recounts, for ballots still not being counted from election night, this, that, and the other thing. And we're talking about half a dozen states, if not more. Al Gore was the president-elect of the United States for 37 days because of one fucking state. You know, this was Florida, and it, it took that long of a process. You know, they're back and forth to court. They're saying what's legal and not legal. This party's making allegations. They got to a recount, the hanging chat, and all that bullshit, oh, which led to these electronic voter systems, uh, like the Dominion software that's fucking up everywhere all over the country. But we just need to sit back and, and take, you know, a, a deep breath. It's Monday. They called the election two days ago on Saturday. This is the first day of any kind of litigation for the Trump campaign. So they're going into courts for the first time. They're getting accepted and rejected in the stuff they want looked into. And we really need to just take a step back and know. Uh, I, I, I believe they don't assemble to start to ratify the counts and make the electoral votes official until December 14th. But they could go all the way up till January. So it's a long way out. And we need to just, you know chill as a republic and kind of first uh you know let the whole process take out yeah um well there's a lot of damage already done just by the media calling it i mean even pelosi you know when she was talking up talking about like smear campaigns but her quote was you smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest and then you merchandise it what about Joe Biden on election night? Yeah. Like, I'm calling for unity. And then, like, literally in the next sentence, he says he rebuilt the blue wall. Yeah. Which is like saying you're pitting one party against the the, the other. And it's like, come on, guys. I mean, I know your speechwriters are... Well, yeah, everybody's... Uh, the media, Biden, everybody, they're merchandising on this, you know, uh, idea that it's done and over. And yeah. if you say it enough, just like other catchphrases and talking yeah. points you say it enough it just becomes true to the american public because they believe everything that they read one thing that we're all going to have to do and everyone listening needs to do if you go into any kind of federal building or installation between now and when all of the legal process pans out you need to thank your local gsa administrator yes and officer yes uh trump appointee emily murphy uh, won't accept the electoral results from the mainstream media or sign any of the paperwork that gives the Biden team access to tens of millions of dollars and free uh, access and bypassed vetting to get into any kind of federal building or installation. Well, yeah, because they were going to like start moving moving in. Yeah, they were going to transition <laughs> team right into the lobby of the White House, I yeah, guess. going to bring in his boots on. Yeah, not so fast, Junior. So get out of here, McSnifferson. So, yeah, that's where we're at with that. So I found the Lindsey Graham quote I was looking for. Let's get it. And this was on Saturday. We'll, we'll call it clip three. Um, I think, I don't know what this, if I play this video, I don't know how much it's going to be, but he says, I recognize that he won. He deserves a cabinet. There may be more, there may be some people that I just can't vote for because I think they're unqualified or too extreme. But he says, when it comes to finding common ground, referring to Biden winning, the vice president deserves a cabinet. I will give him my input, who I could vote for, Secretary of State, Attorney General. But he basically says, um, I don't know how to explain it, because the news headline is kind of... Um, vague and misleading. Vague, yeah, and then oh. when you read it more, it Strange. doesn't seem as, as hurt. But he basically, on the day that Biden tentatively gets the victory, he says, I'm, I'll work with him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, then the next tweets, Donald Trump, don't, don't concede. And it's like... Are you kind of like playing both sides of this? So he, he whoever, has to. guess what? He, he's a politician. Yeah, he's, a, he's crazy. He's a dirtbag. 
Yep. No, he's good. But when I, I saw that scrolling the other day, and I was like, dude, he just got like the fake victory, and you're already saying that you're willing to work with him. It's like, have some balls for like five minutes, dude. Well, I mean, hold your ground here. Yeah. So um, I saw in my, one of my timelines today there was a uh, a tweet from a White House insider, and you know we did have some news state Trump fired the uh, Secretary of Defense and basically tweeted that he was fired. So I thought that was pretty amazing. Is that how he found out? Because that would be pretty funny. Well, that's how Comey found out. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think anything less. That's how like NFL players find so, out they get let go. They okay. get an ESPN update on their phone. Oh, man, I was... Like, I, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to like text fire somebody, but maybe Twitter's a different... Yeah, thing. there's probably no social media blast them. Uh, Oh, here we go. The Secretary of State of Georgia has already responded to the two uh, senators calling them out. And he said, let me start off by saying this is not going to happen. The voters of Georgia hired me and the voters will be the one to fire me. So now we got huge infighting in in a state that's already going to mandatory recount because they're like 0.1% difference in the votes. Yeah. And, um, you know, getting back to that uh, firing of Defense Secretary Esper, I was really hoping that... uh, Fauci and Christopher Ray, you know, everybody knows everybody's favorite Dr. Doom, Anthony Fauci, and then yeah. Christopher Ray, the corrupt head of the FBI who's been suppressing uh, investigative stuff from the Trump campaign and the mainstream media for the last four years uh, when he was deputy secretary and now as the secretary is, um, you know, we, we just need to get to the bottom of it. Um, at some point this morning, I believe at 11 o'clock-ish Eastern Standard Time, uh, Attorney General William Barr was ushered to the Capitol. He got out of his car. He walked into um, Mitch McConnell's congressional office with the door closed. He was in there for an hour and said nothing when he came out. So later in the afternoon, Mitch McConnell was stumping in the Senate. Like I was saying going into this segment, basically saying that Donald Trump has had to take everybody's shit for the last four years and not only take it, but walk through it on his way to keeping all of his promises and that he's, you know, entitled to his legal process to play out. I don't know what that means in regards to that meeting earlier this morning and then, you know, following McConnell addressing the Senate. But we'll see. It's way too early. I'd love to speculate, but, you know, and obviously everybody here hopes that it turns into a you know Trump victory might not be the landslide that we all um, speculated going in but who knows well, yeah so and that's one of the hard parts is will we ever know to the full extent what the election would be like if we voted in person there's a lot of lazy people out there too that if we had to vote on Tuesday in person you know darn well if people will go and they see the line wrapped around the building they're just gonna leave yep yeah that's true people would be like ah, you know what my vote doesn't matter i'm gonna leave yeah and there's a good population that would probably fall into that category of laziness to just look at that and go eh, that's all right unless donald trump does not win re-election and decides to run again which would be epic and here's the thing he is the face of the republican party now whether anybody Wants it or not, there isn't a political strategist in the Republican Party 
who should say, who will say that you need to stay away from this guy moving forward, even if he doesn't win re-election. Just for the sole fact, in some of these states that he's not winning in right now as the counts are tallied, he was going to rallies in the middle of the night, in the dead of winter, like sub-zero temperatures, and having 50 to 70,000 people show up yeah. speaks volumes. That is your base. In swing states. That is your base, and that is how you win elections. You get that guy to rubber stamp his name on your resume. And that's what blew me away, too, when we were watching live. My, my mind kept going back to... Seeing those rallies day in and day oh, out. Watching seas of people. Um, and then you watch Biden, and it's, where are we at today? It's got 17 Jeeps. I mean, let, let, he's, just, he's confused exactly. at where he's at. He gives a speech. There's a huge teleprompter the size of a projector screen right in front of him. Joe Biden, nobody's man. there. He just didn't campaign. Like, so many parts of this, like, election do not make sense to me. There, there has to be, like, an, an integral piece that's missing, and I hope that we get to find it out. I think, too, the, the Democratic Party is not stupid. And I know, you, you, we all know here that their plan is not to let Biden take control of the ship for four years. It's going to be Harris. Yeah. 100%. There's no doubt about that. And I know that, one, they could say, we're going to save money by not, not campaigning. And if we put Biden out there as much as we do Trump, he's not going to last because his physical health is trash. Mm. He's going to say a lot of stupid stuff. Yeah, well, how, how would they... A lot of stupid stuff. Why would they waste almost $300 million in, in Georgia, uh, Kentucky, and South Carolina trying to beat one of those senators, Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, all who won by double digits, <laughs> even though it said they were losing by anywhere between 8 and 10 points again, voter yeah. suppression, and, and trying to inform the misinformed. Um, to not say you'd waste money on a presidential campaign against literally Hitler. Because that's, that's what they... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what the whole message was the yeah, entire CNN time. Yeah, CNN came out and said so, that Hitler was better than Trump because he treated his own people well. Don Lemon and that was terrible. Wow. How do you... <laughs> can you imagine being a Holocaust survivor and being like, oh, what? Well, it's just disrespectful. Actually, there was... It's there disrespectful was actual, to a whole race Actual Holocaust survivors that came out against that and in I, favor of Trump. I would bet yeah. my reputation that there is... I mean, let's just look at the numbers because... Times change, people grow up. So the eligible electorate is approximately 12.4 million more eligible voters than the first Obama campaign. You're not telling me that more voters came out, even though there's a, a greater number to pull from, for Joe fucking Biden than Barack Obama in the biggest movement in the history of the world, apparently, with Hope and Change back in 2008, six. Whatever terrible year that well, was. I mean, even if you factor in like, oh, well, it was easier for people to vote because they were voting. It was easier for people to vote twice. Yeah. I'm trying to find the numbers of the... Uh, Obama? No, of the, like the demographics that voted for Trump. This time? Um, he doubled and tripled every single one. That's yeah. what I'm saying is that the... So majority... Let's, let's paint it this way. The majority of the people that voted for Biden mm -hmm. are what? Demographically speaking... Probably white. Right. He did win the uh, 35 or 25 to 55, and he did win seniors. Biden did. He plus... Also dead people. Right. He took that by a large margin. Those are and very senior. <laughs> the last time I saw, I think there was maybe like one or two territories in China that were leaning Trump. Yeah. But probably going to go Biden. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just... I mean, that's another thing we talk about right now, and I think that's even more important. It's the face of the Republican Party now, and it's Donald Trump. There was no blue wave. No. Zero percent. Maybe a ripple. 
if so, they lost seats in the House, which they've had a iron grip on for the last two years and thought that they were, I mean, Republicans and Republican strategists were talking about the party is hemorrhaging. They were losing anywhere between 10 to 15 seats last week. Final numbers for the House, Republicans plus five is going to be plus seven after Georgia. So they cut the Dems lead in half in the House. And in the Senate, it looks like the Dems are plus one. I think after the recount in Georgia, Purdue probably won't go for a runoff. So then you're nil and you're talking about one election in Georgia, all the money and all the faces in the Republican Party getting down there to get that guy over the finish line in 2022. Here's the thing. So many Republicans won in the House and so many Republican seats are not up in 2022. You're going to have gerrymandering and redistricting out the ass. So yeah. it's going to make it pretty much impossible for the Democrats to do anything in 2022. So regardless of who the president is now, Joe Biden, one, doesn't have a mandate. Two, isn't getting shit done. So it's going to be the Senate shutting it down for the next two years. And then the Republicans campaigning on in 2022. Look at all this socialism bullshit they've tried to get past the Senate. Thank God for the Senate. Vote for your senators. And get the control of the House back to the Republican Party, which will happen. So I really do feel like if, if the, the nightmare can, scenario for the Republican Party where they lost anywhere between 10 and 14 seats in the House and lost the Senate happened, that would be it. There would be – it would be a long time if ever that another Republican would ever win the presidency or gain control of either one of those places because they would go for statehood for Puerto Rico and uh, Washington, D.C., they would look to pack the Supreme Court um, and turn it into another legislative branch of the executive office, which would be controlled by Democrats, would be awful. And, uh, you know, we just would have dark, dark days ahead. So I think the, the, the blue wave not happening was pretty... It surprised everybody, I think, at the end of the, the, the day. Well, here's the thing. And it, it goes back to the fact when you talk about all the sub-demographics for Donald Trump doubling and tripling in numbers for this election, all of those fucking people don't want socialism. Yeah. Okay? The Democratic Party right now is fucking eating itself. Well, and, and I think to argue with you is that a lot of the younger generation hasn't seen... There's perfect examples of socialism out there that's failed, but they refuse to look or acknowledge that. They weren't doing it right. So you have Venezuela that looks perfect that is a failed state because of socialism. And if you point younger voters to that... Oh well, they did it wrong, like you said. Well, there's a there's they a, refuse to admit that it's not going to work. It there's never a will. contingent of younger voters that are associated with a certain uh, movement. Sure. Who's the leaders of said movement actually met with Maduro? Yeah. And are we say it on the show? We're, we're, this show does not believe in the 1619 project. We call Black yeah. Lives Matter a Marxist organization. Well, it is a Marxist organization. Yeah. And Antifa is just a militarized wing of the left wing media and the DNC. Yes, it's period. their goon squad. Yeah. Which, on record, if a civil war ever did break out and it was Antifa versus Second Amendment gun-toting patriots, it would be the shortest civil war in the history. Did you see what happened in Arizona the other day? Black Lives Matter and Antifa showed up to, ra uh, to rally against Trump supporters because I guess they, they just get dates like to their phones or they find jobs on Craigslist. So they both showed up looking for Trump supporters, but tr they called the election for Biden, so they started fighting each other. Classic. Literally, yeah, it was amazing. There was like 50 arrests, and they were they didn't know what to do. So <laughs> people were throwing rocks and bricks at one, and other ones are, somebody. Yeah, so it just turned into. <laughs> but getting back to the Democratic Party being in chaos right now, 
Uh, there's a congresswoman from, I think she's from Virginia. Her name is Abigail Spanberger. She was uh, part of leaked audio, I guess, um, on Wednesday or Thursday of last week, the entire Democratic caucus got together, which included the entire House, and they did a conference call. And she said, um, she called the election as a failure after Nancy Pelosi opened with, we lost some battles but won the war. And they're calling winning the war is, is defeating Donald Trump when none of the votes have been certified or anything. That's, that's the stance that the Democratic Party is saying. But she said from a congressional standpoint, it was a failure. It was not a success. She said, we hear colleagues come and go. This isn't an issue of me being a first-term member and emotionally concerned about the fact that colleagues have left. But she said that, um, and recognizing the fact that we lost members who shouldn't have lost. I would request at some point in the future, and as a caucus, we spend time watching attack ads, millions upon millions of millions of dollars that were spent shellacking so many of us across their district, that we look at this thing and say about the Democrats is what we want to actually talk about the things that people want to talk about, not what the people in the party want to talk about. And um, she said the number one thing and the concern for her and her district and why she barely re-won and it was down to like hundreds of votes was defunding the police. I heard from colleagues who have said, oh, it's the language of the street and we should respect that. And she said, <laughs> we're in fucking Congress and we are fucking professionals. This is her quoting. We are supposed to be talking about things the she way... She F-bombs? On this conference call, I have it, but it's so grainy because somebody oh, leaked it. That's amazing. And she's like, if we don't mean we should defund the police, then we shouldn't fucking say that. And she, it goes on to say, like, if we want to talk about funding social services and ensuring good engagement of community policing, then let's talk about that's what we're all about. We need to not ever use the word socialist or socialism ever fucking again. Yeah. Because while people think it doesn't matter, it does matter. And we lost good members of Congress because of that. And she's like, if we stay on this um, path and we keep going down this road as a party, then we will get our asses torn apart in 2022. <laughs> and she said, moving forward, she hopes they will not keep focusing on congressional majority, but also convince the American people that their policies are what's important. And the thing is, 29 other people who are Democratic representatives on that call, whether they be House members, whether they were in the Senate or just, you know, outside caucus members weighed in on those subjects and said, Literally, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Like, this is not what the American people wanted. And the amount of... Donald Trump tripled the amount of LBGT votes that he got in 2016. That's those, amazing. Those people don't want their fucking business touted all over the place. You know, we, we have holidays. Yeah. We have events. I, you know, I we're think... all inclusive. But the fact of the matter is, it's not like you want some 80-year-old white lady who doesn't give a shit about you saying that... She's representing you because it's not the fact of the matter. And I think that that community, along with, I think the Latino community probably more than most communities, is tired of being used as a um, pawn, as a yeah. talking point, yeah. yeah, as a pawn. So, because um, like like you said, they, at the end of the day, those people want to parade a couple times a year, and that's it. Well, another, they don't want it to be part of some political um, agenda. Agenda, mm -hmm. um, and like you said, a pawn. People did not believe about open borders. Donald Trump was ridiculously popular, especially in West Texas, where he did terrible in 2016. Yeah, it he, was did all about, he did great. He did amazing. And um, they did not want socialism. No one wants to defund the police. And, you know, it's just one of those things to where, like... And, and you know, you have stuff like open borders, defund the police, all the stuff that you said people really didn't vote on in yeah. the spots they thought they would. People don't and, want mandated health care either. 
Yeah, and the Democrats spent the last four years shoving this stuff down our throat. Open borders, the last year with defund the police, and we need socialized health care. And they're the ones that have been talking about it so much that they think everyone's agreeing with them. And then the vote comes down and goes, oh, people really don't feel like defunding the police, or no one's really for open borders. They should just institute like a do not call list for the police. Like, you know, you can register your phone number. Like yeah. the do not respond list. Yep. Like, I don't a, want the police to Here's come. another stat yeah. from election night. <laughs> there we, you go. We picked up 12 people in the House total. You know, some Republicans replaced Republicans, so it doesn't go into the plus five or eventually plus seven. Every single one of those seats we replaced was either a minority, a former service member, a woman, or all of the above. There's a lot of females. All of the above. Which, where are the feminists coming out cheering yep. for that? Yep. Well, it's not their team. Exactly. It says, it says, by the end, the Republican Party in this election is going to add anywhere between 14 and 19 people to the House who are women. That fucking terrorizes the left. Yeah. They cannot, That's their worst enemy is a right, conservative woman. Because they, conservative women do not want free health care, and they do not want abortions. No. So you're talking about all the stuff that you usually fund now getting a kickback from like 20 new House seats? Yeah. And what are you going to do? Call the 12 new women? Oh, they're... Sexist, right? Or they're racist. It's like, hey, it's a woman. Well, they'll find something, I'm sure. She's mean. <laughs> not so fast, my friend. Her dress Believe it or not, there was fallout from that Democratic caucus call, and everybody's favorite moron, AOC, mm, she's Democrat, wow. Democrat bartender. She's a nice um, lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put out some delicious tweets the other day. Um, she's basically talking about um, what you call it. Are we recording and documenting all of the people who have come and gone oh, through, <laughs> through the Trump administration? <laughs> making a list. Right, and making lists so that they never get a job again. Uh, yeah. Where does that, no, where the does literal, that sound No, like? the literal quote was, is anybody compiling a list of these Trump sociopaths to hold them accountable in future endeavors? And the tweet she put out... Isn't there an actual like thing, like a list? Like oh, a oh Trump something? we're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, is anyone watching these Trump psychopaths for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? I foresee decent probability of many deleted tweets, writings, and photos in the future. Um, Evan McMullen, who's a uh, Pete Buttigieg staffer and trying to get into the Biden transition oh, that's team. The one I saw, yeah. Yeah. We should keep and publish a list of everyone who assists Trump's frivolous and dangerous attacks on this election. Name and shame them forever. And uh, whatchamacallit. I got in and answered with a little tweet. I had a picture of uh, James Franco, and I said, I, I, "Are you? Are you? I heard you're making gulags good again." And it was like him opening up his arms and saying, "Well, <laughs> I'm here, yeah, write my fucking name down, see make, what happens." Make gulags great again, right? And uh, you know, people like Dana Loesch, um, Dan Bongino. I'll say it with a grain of salt. Alex Jones got onto you know <laughs> the Twitterverse and 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 the Parlorverse. And is trying to, uh, you know, get this stuff put out into the spotlight. And uh, uh, Katina Lauf, who's, uh, she's a House a member, uh, Republican, she replied directly and said, no, we are just archiving this one. You are a sitting member of Congress and you are threatening people against their First Amendment rights. Um, and then it was, dot, it was put out there this week. It's called, there's, there's actually a Twitter name for it, at uh, Trump. ACC project. Yeah, that's and what it was. It's called the Trump Accountability Project. And if you look it up and go to the page, um, it says the Trump Accountability Project. It has a picture of Donald Trump on it looking. I would consider this handsome. Would you guys say handsome? 
He looks a little tired, but handsome as usual. Oh, yeah. And it basically says, remember what they did. It's in the eyes. Yeah, and then, you know, you click on the link, and it doesn't give you anything yet. It's got a Twitter handle. It's got an email. And who knows where they're going with it? And who knows what they're going to do with it? But, you know, this stuff won't be tolerated in this country. Uh, a whole bunch of senators and, and, and congresspeople and House representatives have already blew her up, which led her to uh, get out, try to get ahead of her own fucking shit that she's talking and she was in an article today, um, I forget where it was from, uh, the Business Insider. Uh, she talked with them and she said that, um, actually this is through a New York Times interview, that she might actually quit politics after this term. I shared and that on Facebook and I was like, please. She claimed you can do it. after uh, that halfway through this election, it took her to get to where she considered running again. I mean, the only thing she's ever done for New York is costs... She jacked up the Amazon deal. Yeah, yeah, with the Amazon deal. And she's done nothing else except sit on Capitol Hill and talk shit about our elected officials and the people who support them. So there was a whole bunch of people that ran to her defense and saying, like, people have called her the head of the Democratic Party and there's no way she's going to give up $175,000 a year salary, which to anyone who's got half a brain knows is bullshit. She will become, just because of the way she looks and because of the stupid shit she says, one of the highest paid Democratic lobbyists in the country. Ugh. And that's just the fact of the matter. She's one of those people that regardless of what she does or who she works for, she will never go away. She will sit on boards of companies she knows nothing about. She will go out and talk about things she has no you know, idea what she's talking about. But if she steps down from her Congress seat, you got to remember, there was a guy who was there for like 15 or 18 years who walked to every single election win before she came in and stole it from him back, you know, um, four years ago. And that either that guy or someone else just as slimy as him. Uh, who is a Democrat will walk into that spot and take it again when she leaves. Um, she's not going to be a career politician. I don't see that in her future. She will never fucking run for president. And uh, she's oh, got sixteen hundred favorite odds. Maybe she's a good bartender. For, yeah, exactly. Makes a hell of an old fashioned. Um, she's probably one of the best things for Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. Because she made the Democrats look like I don't know anybody that really supports. I see some people. Um, that I went to school with in Oregon, which big surprise is super liberal group. And I see some of them sharing stuff that she's doing every once in a while, but she hasn't made any headway in legislation. She has, she's useless, except for making Democrats look silly. Yeah. And you, even though when she opens her mouth, even people on her team are just like, please shut up. You're making bartenders look bad. Yeah, her. I think her, I don't know if she has assistants or press people. She that- needs somebody to just... When she has some stupid idea, let's go, hey, let's sit on that for like a month before we just announce. Like the Green New Deal is a nightmare. Hoping we're not going to get an ad with this, but this directly pertains to it. There's a, she claimed to be a Republican for the Washington Post. Her name's, uh, whatchamacallit, I think Jennifer Rubin. She's a moron. She's always been a lib, but she used to claim to be a conservative just to score interviews and, and, and get insider you know, tips from up on the hill, but she was on uh, one of the, uh, she was on, um, what's that called, America, that talk show in the morning. Good Morning America? Yeah, she was on there this morning um, with another moron, Joey Reid, and this is what she was saying. Hopefully I'm not going to get a commercial on this, I'm just going to tap the audio see if we got it. 
entertainment organization that has a news outlet would hire these people. I also want to um, echo something that um, my friend uh, EJ said. Um, it's not only that Trump has to lose, but that all his enablers have to lose. They have to. We have to collectively, in essence, burn down the Republican Party. Um, we have to level them because if there are survivors, if there are people who weather this storm, they will do it again. They will take this as confirmation that hey, it just pays to ride the waves. Look at me, I've made it through. And so up and down the ticket, federal, state, local offices, the country has to repudiate this. This has become a dysfunctional anti-government party. That is not what the country wants and what it needs. And the proof is uh, entertainment organization. And, and, and she just continued to go on and on in her rambling, not making any sense. I can't believe that they gave her. But actually, when I was watching the video, when it when it panned out to the cast of All Stars that was there, my stomach started to hurt. So I realized <laughs> who she was talking to. And, and they, they, yeah, yeah they, were, they were probably all loving it up. No, they're about, everybody's about to agree with her. Yeah. And oh, of course they were. And tell her how smart she was. Hmm. That's the funny part is you have someone saying to burn down the Republican Party. People often forget a majority of farmers and steel workers and, you know, oil riggers. A lot of the blue-collar backbone of the country is are red. So when you say stuff like that, it's like you better hope your mandated health care, universal income, all this stuff works because the majority of the working class, the blue-collar class, a lot of law enforcement, mostly the military, are all um, red-wing Americans. Yeah. So you have people saying stuff like that, and it's like, look, half the country still thinks Trump should be president. So you can't call Trump supporters stupid because yeah. half of us still, the people that are still in the construction industry and, and you know, a lot of the workers steel workers well people that are thinking logically and rationally not emotionally yeah right. seeing that exactly like, like serious AO, issues aoc usually does she just opens up her mouth and says whatever's hurting your feelings yeah. at the moment i love the photo shoot she had done at the ice detention center that was completely staged a couple yeah. years ago did you see that when they were doing all the uh, post office stuff they somebody photoshopped uh the blue uh mailbox mailboxes <laughs> behind the fence with her you know there was there was a there was a lot of crap she t said after that interview um, when she was talking about possibly getting out of politics and she said a lot of her Democrat counterparts didn't win or did bad in elections because they either have a oh, bad internet presence or right, something. Um, yeah. Social, oh, social uh, media, media footprint. footprint. Yeah. <clears throat> bad digital or something. I forget what she said exactly. But, but I mean, you've had, digital footprint, you've, had, you've had every radical from Joe Scarborough who said the election albeit may have been a referendum on Trump, was an absolute repudiation of the Democrat Party vision for America, all the way to Andrew Yang, who sounded the alarm on several talk shows this Sunday, saying if the Democrat Party doesn't change course, their vision and their wording now, they're going to continue to lose elections forever. Yeah. So, I mean... And he's really progressive. Yeah. So for him to come out and say that... He wants pretty, to give everybody free shit. He's super rich, so if it comes out of his pocket, I don't have a problem with it. Yes. Yeah. So but I if think, it's coming out of my pocket, it's I think, not free. I think a big indicator of... of how people are thinking about what's going on and whether or not people actually believe that there's this huge, you know, rash of voter fraud. Like, speaking of burning things down, are people onboarding up their businesses right now or are they holding stand off? By. They're definitely on standby. Yeah. Well, I, I, that article actually came out today. Um, we have an opinion piece from the Washington or the Wall Street Journal that said, what happened to the protests? Now we know why shopkeepers had to board up their windows. Yeah. And the, uh, the party of love and tolerance. Yep. Oh, so, would it have been the same if Donald Trump won? An excerpt comes from it. You know the answer. The protests would have been ugly, perhaps even worse. 
than earlier this year, and the media and many Democratic <laughs> politicians who have cheered them on or at least not objected, as they also failed to object this summer, they would have blamed the disorder on Trump. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? So, remember how the Black Lives people are going to like governors' households? Yeah, and mayors. Could you imagine if Second not Amendment doxing everyone too? Trump supporters. Like, think about all the, all the Trump supporters out there that are ninety nine percent are most likely Second Amendment advocates. Mm-hmm. And then you have guys that are gun freaks. Yep. Could you imagine seeing Claymore's a, on the room a legitimate well, militia sitting at home, just waiting for this to happen? That's what I'm saying. If, if it turned and those guys are marching in the streets, going to governors' mansions, and you know, looting and stuff, you would see guys with like AR-10s, with bump stocks, with drum magazines, not some rinky AK that Grandpa got from Vietnam. It'd be like some pretty impressive firepower. Yeah. People walking around with tack vests, with battle belts, with legitimate weaponry, yeah. not just. Knives and pitchforks and machetes, you'd see guys with like full on com headsets, you know, level three body armor. That would be scary. Well, there's all, this, there's all had... those memes whenever, whenever some sort of like, uh, you know, in, inside the U.S. insurgency happens where the guy's sitting on the couch with all of his, all oh, the, his the, stuff the, on and the he's ATF sad. agent's going up the stairs. And he's sad because there's nothing happening. <laughs> when you're the last man in the stack and you hear fortunate things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, I yeah. love that meme. No, but this one's like the guy, he's like sitting at his kitchen table he's upset, and he's all yeah. sad because there's the, nothing happening. The apocalypse is not happening. Yeah. So, I don't, do you guys, you guys are familiar with Mark Levin? Negative. He's a former high-powered attorney. He has mm-hmm. a nationally syndicated talk show and podcast. He's a huge Trump supporter. He actually, a lot of people say people like Tucker Carlson and uh, Sean Hannity are like, have the bat phone for the president. Mark Levin literally does because he also provides legal advice. He talks directly to the president in private often. Hmm. And he's had him on the show several times. They probably text back and forth. You know, we've kind of skirted around the issue with the way things change on election night up to the point we're at now. Fox News. That's what I said earlier in in the intro is dead. What happened? Well, Fox News shut down the the press conference. Yeah. So It It was Neil Cavuto... Didn't, and they, didn't they get rid of Judge Deneen too? Her they stopped Judge Deneen. McEnany started, started talking. We want every legal vote counted. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Unless she has details, I can't in good countenance continue showing this and cut her off. Right. Which is insanity. Yeah. They all cut away from the Trump press conference on uh, Saturday where he was um, coming out to say he was not going to concede at that point that the mainstream media and the Associated Press had no legal bearing to call the election, even though... In years past, including in 2016, Donald Trump, and you know he reaped the fruits of those callings. Yeah, but but, but there was but no they're, contesting they're, it though. At that the only point, reason really. Fox called right. Arizona was because they want to be the first people to do it. Here's the thing: it's, that's it's a ratings thing. We we talked about this uh, last what? week. No, we didn't. We have Fox News fucking hates Donald Trump. Yeah. So the Murdochs and their kids used to be friends with him. They were they were snobby elbow rubbers together. And now they fucking hate him because Donald Trump, for the last five years, whenever he goes on their show, their ratings spike. And whenever they cover anything that Donald Trump doesn't like, he fucking tweets about it live. And he's like, wow, I can't believe these assholes on Fox News are are literally talking shit about me right now. (laughs) It it would be a shame if I pulled out of all those interviews I'm supposed to do so their ratings would suck and they'd be shitty like CNN and Fox News. Or uh, CNN and MSNBC. And he literally tweets stuff like that. As he's Mm -hmm. murdering a bucket of KFC on this couch. Yeah. So this is... Rupert Rupert Murdoch and John McCain and Cindy McCain were also really good friends. And Cindy McCain and I'm sure the Murdochs still have a really good close relationship. So if there was one way without accountability that Fox News can... Get a dig at Donald Trump. I mean, if Donald, if if Arizona winds up flipping to Trump, 
What accountability does Fox News have? Whoops. Ooh. Oh, congratulations. You won by half percent. Sorry we made a mistake on election night. And then they just fucking walk away from that. But what, what is it? What is it? 67% of the votes were tallied yeah. at that point? Oh, it was like, a, yeah. It was, it's it, crazy. It was barely half. But yeah. it, so I pulled up Judge Janine's um, issue thing. It says November 7th, her show is canceled after an alleged argument between Judge Janine and the network over coverage of President Trump's claim of election fraud. The episode being replaced with extended footage of a speech from Joe Biden. Of course. And her show was awesome. Nobody's going to watch that. She was amazing. Actually, no, people will watch it because they're waiting for him to do the freaking Abba Zabba again. Got a couple. I got, uh, take it with a grain of salt, it's Crowder was talking about. He actually did a show yesterday and he had a lot of good people on. He had Steve Bannon, he had Rudy, uh, I believe he had on Pam Bondi. It was a kind of an impromptu show they threw together and wherever his studio is, I believe it's his garage. And he was talking about the astonishment that he had on election night in regards to Fox News and, and where it was going. Because you know those guys. Those guys are canceled like mid-pod because they live stream a lot. They get booted all the time. Dude, oh, yeah. all the time. They go Done. from like making money to not making money to like being sponsored to not being sponsored to being live to being not live. And, you know, <laughs> he's just a comedian. Imagine like the real conservatives. But, you know, it, it goes... His show is hilarious. His show is hilarious. Yeah. So, all right, here's him talking about the Murdochs. Murdoch family... So we've gone from on-air talent, you know, and Donna Brazil, on to my mom, okay. Uh, <laughs> the Murdoch family we were celebrating outside. Biden's win. Check this broad out. Look, she says, mm. we did it. <laughs> well, first off, who's we? Yeah, wait a second. Uh, we did it from Catherine Murdoch. Uh, who is we? And I don't know who she's agreeing with. She's agreeing with someone, uh, CNN's Jake Tapper. But we did it. That's pretty uh, damning. Do you mean we, just the Murdoch family, in which case you own Fox News? And I think, oh, that's <laughs> also a problem. Right. I watched Awkward. Bombshell and Loudest Voice in the Room. I feel like I'm informed. Uh, <laughs> also, I was there when those things went down some of the time. Or did you mean we, as a network, did it? Either way, someone who is conservative or at least even wants to present the appearance, keep up appearances, love, or were they uh, Australian? Keep up appearances, love. Let's keep up appearances on the vibe. <laughs> the point is you want to keep up appearances that you're unbiased or conservative. Yeah. You don't say we did it when Joe Biden yeah. was coronated the president by the media. And by the way, he is not president yet. We did it. That is a problem. That is telling you that the face mask is coming off. <laughs> so, you know, that was that was Steven Crowder's take on it, which is kind of, he's a comedian, so it's kind of a funny one. He's real smart, though, too. Yeah. He's, he's very well educated. Very well, well spoken when he's not And even without notes and looking at his phone, he can have a legitimate conversation with just about anybody and, and that smash was, them. I was listening to him when he had Rudy on yesterday, and the best part about it was he was asking Rudy, we've, because they were talking about dead people who voted in Michigan. And Steven Crowder said that his production team have found, like, 1,200 people who are dead, <laughs> legitimately dead. Yeah. Like, they have a dead date in the Michigan database, and they cast a legal vote in well, this election. common names that aren't verified with a living subject as well, though. I mean, maybe the devil's advocate there. And they were asking Rudy, sure. like, Rudy, we've done the research. You don't have to do this research here. Do you want our producers to send you stuff? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make yeah, sure you send, send it to me. Send like, it over. So, but Mark Levin, who, who we were talking about, is, is a powerful conservative voice. And... He is not only infuriated with the way the president's been treated, but he's also even more infuriated with the way that the mainstream media has handled it, mostly because he is part of the mainstream media. Like, he has a show, he has a night, he has a Sunday weekend show on Fox, which is usually one of the highest rated shows, and he, he always gets good guests. He laid into the media, including Fox News, while on Fox News this weekend, and I, I caught that clip here. They didn't cut him off? Oh, no. 
Welcome back, America. In these tumultuous times, I want you to keep something in mind. We have two documents that I turn to. I mean, other than the Bible. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. Really, during this entire program, we've been talking about the Constitution and the rule of law. I am in this chair, and I do this program for one reason and one reason only, because I believe in this country, because I believe in liberty, and I believe in the Declaration and the Constitution of the United States. That's what I fight for here. That's what my guests mostly talk about. It applies to today as it did to yesterday, and it will tomorrow. If the Constitution is applied, the Constitution is honored, including by the Supreme Court, then the outcome will be righteous, regardless of what the outcome is. That's my perspective. I think the way this president has been treated by the media, by the Democrat Party, by academia, and by Hollywood, not one minute of peace during his entire presidency has been disgusting and appalling. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Disgusting and appalling. But that said, this is what matters. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are we're going to lose our republic. We're going to lose our republic. We cannot have Democrats and their surrogates running around in different uh, states and so forth and changing the voting rules. This needs to be resolved. This needs to be fixed once and for all going for forward. Or every future election is going to be a mess. Mm -hmm. So keep your beliefs in God, the family, the Declaration, the Constitution, and the country. Fight on. Fight on. Be heard. Embrace your principles. Mm -hmm. But have faith that in the end the system will work. And if it's not working, it's up to you and me to make sure it works. Just remember also, the Declaration and the Constitution are not self-executing. It's up to us. Yeah. We've had a lot, of, a lot of major battles in this country over the, uh, over the years, over the decades, over the centuries. This is one more of those battles. We'll get through it. We'll be stronger for it. As long as we hold the Declaration and the Constitution firmly. See you next time on Life, Liberty, and Levin. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like if the system doesn't work, it invalidates any future contest of this sort. Yeah, that's why we, get, we have to establish it now before any other election. Because if this is a new norm that there's meddling every time a well, leader of our country is There's elected. always meddling, but this is just it's unprecedented. Bla it's blatant and yeah. disrespectful to the American people because it's just right in front of your well, face. Well, it's like the, you know, we all predicted the red wave versus them predicting the blue wave. And I think that the red wave is actually much more substantial than it looks like because of the tampering. Yeah. Because we still almost won, even with tampering. Well, yeah, it, so that's the thing. It's like, just imagine, like, you know, the... Uh, the people, the Uber drivers in Minnesota, like harvesting, harvesting ballot, uh, ballots and stuff Which like has that. all been proven real. It's yeah, it's all factual. But, but it's, it's not, uh, you know, every so widespread. You, you know the, the way they make it sound with the talking points. Like, you know, it's not systematic or yeah. it's not widespread. It's just not the case. They, everybody does it different depending on where you're from. And, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting moving forward. There are a lot of... Uh, round twos that are going to be going on with these uh, litigations as we move towards the Supreme Court because um, you got to remember uh, when Supreme Justice uh, what's his name 
the guy that swore in Amy Coney Barrett. Um, the African American guy. The black, yeah, the black guy. Um, I wouldn't. I can't remember what yeah, his name is. I can't is. remember off the top of my head. Um, <coughs> but well, they they went so ham on trying to overcome the red wave that it's gonna come down to the, like just a egregious amount of fraud that's just like. Yeah, you went a little too far. They might, you might have believed you yeah. if it wasn't this crazy. Here's, here's Claire, another. Clarence Thomas is the guy. Clarence Thomas. Okay. Yeah. When he was going through the confirmation pro- process, Joe Biden was one of the hardest, most racial senators. Oh yeah. Towards him, calling some him a rapist. Some of the shit that he said is ridiculous all the way back. And then you got Kamala Harris, was shitting all over Kavanaugh, calling him a rapist. And Biden. Him. Yeah. So that now you've got. Round two, both there, and you know, um, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and Amy Comey Barrett were all on the George Bush recount team as legal experts. Back so they know in what they're doing. Yeah, not not they have specific uh, relevant job experience in this, Good. and then you have two politicians who have tried to destroy the character the careers and the families of two of the Supreme Court justices that are going to be weighing. Does it weigh into it? I mean, hopefully they just all read the Constitution line for line, black and white. But if I'm sitting across the table from President-elect Joe Biden and I know that he was telling me I was a, a super predator when I was nominated for the Supreme Court, I'm probably going to have a little bit of bias yeah. you know, in regards to that. So I think that's an, that's an X factor and a wild card right there. Even if he tells you, here's the deal. Right, or come on, man. Come on, man. Let me tell you about this. <laughs> but yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting rest of the week. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, misinformation out there. All I could say to the listener is you, you, you want to listen to shows like this and ones who are like-minded if you want the facts and the numbers because that's all what we've given you. I mean, we, we tell you when we're giving you our opinion or obviously we say it in a, in a lighthearted manner. But when we try to give you numbers yeah. or actual instances, we try to back it up with... You know, the numbers that are out there and are being provided on the internet or audio clips to, you know. Validate it. Exactly. So we're not going to go out there and tell you Orange Man's bad or Sniffy Man's good or <laughs> vice versa. So we got we to gotta just keep it straight and narrow and, and, and move forward. Do yourself a favor. Turn off the mainstream media on TV. Yeah. It was hard for me. I've watched. I talked about it in the beginning of the show. Me and my dad used to watch political commentary on television or listen to it on the radio for years. Right now I've migrated to pretty much podcasts only. People who I know aren't bullshitting me because I do a lot of research. I'm a numbers crunching guy, and uh, you know, try try to get the answers from places you feel comfortable with that are uh, that are giving you the truth, not necessarily the ones who are are, are making you feel good. Because the, the the news agencies that have made me feel good for the majority of my adult entire life pretty much broke my heart last week. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's going to be hard to go back. I mean, I've been watching more fucking Hallmark Christmas shows with my wife than I am watching reruns of. of it's hard because there's so many guys. On Fox, I still like. Yeah, yeah. But when they're painting the same, this is one of the only times Fox has agreed with every other mainstream media on something and, sort of controversial. And just shown complete bias. Yeah. It's strange, yeah. And then migrate to Parlor. Do yourself yeah, a I did. favor. I'm trying to yeah. figure it out yeah. still. It, it's it's going to be clunky, until they, they yeah. yeah. It's the number one app in the App Store. It's extremely well funded. Uh, Dan Bongino and one of the guys who has developed iPhones over the years are the co-founders, and I believe Dan owners. Bongino's one of the guys. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I mean he that's his, his thing. It's his baby. Yeah, and there's a guy who developed iPhones who are, are like the people who are 
you know the owners of it and it's crashed several times over the last few days but again it's it's a place where a lot of people are migrating yeah you, you can be conservative you can love the united states you can appreciate the president and not get censored not get fact-checked not get your group sucked so yeah. <laughs> well yeah. and when you're looking at all the when you're when you are seeking out news and stuff like that you have to look at just the history of our country with this information the right. cia all the other stuff i mean yeah the what was it the uh the cia director in 1981 this is a you know not 100 percent verified quote but it is you know people are purporting that that he actually said this we'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the american public believes is false exactly and we're seeing that right yeah. now where if you say it enough times it becomes true to I mean, the general public it's just yeah. like they've done with orange orange man bad orange man racist this that and the other thing for the last couple of years there's people who literally only think what they hear on tv is the truth like yeah somebody will watch it and be like well it's on tv and millions of people see it so there's no way that they would let somebody on tv who's not true yeah and well, all the, all lebron the, james we tweeted it you so know one thing we forgot right. to cover i had somebody actually tell me that that they literally said you don't think that these Trump supporters are responsible for all this violence right now, and I was, and I couldn't even answer the question. I just, oh man. I was like, I blank, I blacked out. I was just like, what? what? I, I don't even have a response. It's just like it's insanity, like just 100% spoon-fed media. COVID vaccine. No, yeah. Days away. I, I can't wait for the uh, wait to military to force me to get it so before there, it's tested. There was. Uh, reports. Because it's going to happen. I have to get a flu shot, too. Yeah. You do? Because the military said? Yeah. There, there's reports come. I'm exempt from the coronavirus. Well, I already had it. I had antibodies. I'm my own yeah. vaccine. Yeah. I test, I had a vac, uh, test yesterday. Kayla, was that antibodies test yesterday or just a regular one? Yeah. It was? You positive? No, it was negative. Oh. I guess. So you're still, you could still be a super spreader. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well... Yeah. I, I like well, to think you, I'm like Donald Trump. I'm probably immune. That's true. And you feel better than ever, right? <laughs> You'll probably beat it in a weekend. So yeah. th there are reports that people from the Biden campaign had, had contacted people at Pfizer and asked them to hold off on the... Uh, yeah, they, they put a bunch of the tests in the freezer and waited yeah. until the day after the election. To announce hearing. that they were days away from a vaccine. In addition, on the Pfizer oh chat board, there have been anonymous people thanking Dr. Fauci. Messages by the thousands for whatever influence he had in regards to that. And then Pfizer's already starting to distance themselves from Operation Warp Speed and the Trump campaign saying that they were, although they had support and some financial backing from the administration, a lot of the work done in regards to this specific vaccine was done independently or by their research you know, firms and stuff like that. What a joke. So, I mean, that's, that's just some of the stuff we've been running up against for the last couple of years. I think moving forward, we got any predictions of the week? We're, we're not getting a certified president-elect this week no i don't think um, predictions COVID numbers will decrease or cdc will come out and say that it's got to be safe to go out soon in california where we're at tomorrow we're getting ready to be re-restricted yeah back to purple back right to purple, which means goodbye gyms goodbye indoor eatings and goodbye freedom oh, man. Are we, uh, when, how, how far out are we from black friday it's Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving night. So November. Two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. So we're gonna. If, have we, to if we back up to 25, the purple tier, it November goes 25th? for two weeks from yesterday. Yeah, and then people have to find some excuse to loot on Black Friday, obviously. Dude, Black Friday's gonna be nuts. Yeah. It, there's not gonna be Black Friday if we can't go in store to buy stuff. They're gonna loot anyway. Well, so it's just gonna be a COVID big will, thing. Uh, just like when you're sitting down in a restaurant, some somehow Black Friday will 
will be immune. They'll put a bubble over the building. The best thing about... I saw a tweet this morning. It was, uh, you know how at weddings sometimes they have like those big white canvas oh, yeah. sunrooms? You can, you can eat... Inside, outside. Inside, as long as inside is outside. Yeah, and I just thought, I was like, that is the dumbest They did shit. have the end of it. They did have the little end of it propped open, so COVID, there's could, a, COVID uh, could leak out the bottom. There's that, a, that was good. That was, that there's was a tap house in National City here, and all I serve is beer. No hard alcohol, no nothing. But when COVID hit, they had to be creative, and you need to order food to have an alcoholic beverage. Yeah, have good food. So they started making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches oh, and serving them. So it's like, yeah, what's that place Wait, called? But that? if they don't have a license to sell food, they're That's still, what I was saying is that they're yeah. going to get popped for the so FDA. It's like, it's like the tavern down in, in Chula Vista. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. Where Maybe you might, bleep, you might want to bleep <laughs> these names when you do the editing. Well, they're, they're, um, well, the funny thing is they have a huge sign in there that says um, Trump is an idiot in Spanish. Well, I've never been there, but I follow him on Instagram. Or I did. Then they're all about defund the police, and about a month ago, their store got broken into. And they called Imagine the police. That. And they were like, "Thank you, National City Police, for oh. investigating the break." <laughs> you guys are. This, this is the world we live in. They should have had the National King. City Police guys posing next to the sign. Yeah, like oh, the lady who gosh. had the doormat that said "Come back with a warrant." Right. <laughs> and then they were holding it up. Ah. When they were arresting her. <laughs> so, well, right. I had a I had a guy in uh, in the neighborhood where I live, and uh, I don't know if it's a guy or girl or whatever. So. How dare you? You drive. <laughs> I don't want to assume anyone's gender, you know. Uh, you know so I'm driving by the house, and it's, this has been up for a while, and they literally have, you know, what you would call in certain circles a primary fence and a secondary fence. Moat in so, between or no? Huh? Moat in between or Just no? Just their yard. No alligators. Their yard is in between. But, you know, so you got a, you know, about waist-high primary fence, and then they have this wooden fence that it's got to be eight feet tall at some points as, as the slope of the, the property sure. goes down. And they have a car, you know, cardboard or whatever kind of sign with a peace sign that says no wall. <laughs> and I'm like, this, there's no irony involved If I in saw this? it, I, I would actually take the money to like go get an enormous poster-sized picture of that and just like nail it to their front door. Well, I was saying that somebody should like go oh, knock man. on the door and be like, oh, uh, they, we're here to take down your fence. Uh, you know, you don't want you don't want the walls, but you have a wall, so actually there are two walls. We're gonna sort you out. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. I yeah. Think we've yeah. covered everything that I've got. I mean, we're just gonna. Yeah. Let's let's wrap it up. Um. Hold it down this week and get as much yeah. information Again, as you can. Uh, stay ready. Gear. Facebook, Instagram. Check them out. Five percent at checkout with the code steak. Um, face. Solid. We're on Instagram. Steak for breakfast podcast. And iTunes and Spotify. So spread the word. Coming soon to Parlor. Yeah, we'll probably, um, Rowan will probably take that over because he's really good with the social media stuff. A lot of memes to post. So, um, yeah, and then just share, tell friends. Our, every week our numbers are increasing with subscribers, so it's kind of exciting. So make sure you tell a friend. Um, yeah. We do this for you because I like to talk. That is it. We'll Facts. see you guys next week. Facts. Facts. <laughs>